Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. Today we have a special guest. He started his career at FIT. He's actually the create was the creative director for uh, Sean John, Steve Madden, and Echo International, and the list goes on. Please welcome Dury Bradford. How are you doing, people? Wait, so I have a correction, actually. It, it was the outerwear, Sean John Outerwear, Steve Madden Outerwear, um, Echo International was the full collection. Okay. Um, but I majored in outerwear. I mean, I've had outerwear popping out my ears <laughs> to the point where I was like, I can't do this outerwear thing no more. I want to get into sportswear. Um, and then I started designing for a bunch of different brands, um, protege and one basketball brands. Okay. And, you know, then I started really getting into sportswear with like denim and, you know, wovens and knits and, you know, fleece. And um, they had this new thing called athleisure. You know, it was like, what is this athleisure? And, you know, in, in fashion, mm -hmm. we used to, um, uh, companies would come in and they would have fashion projections, fashion trends. And we used to see in Europe, people were just wearing like all these sweatsuits. We were like, what's going on with these sweatsuits all the time? For us, it was about denim, baby. It was about how crazy could your denim be? Embroideries, embellishments, embossing was crazy. All the different washes, right? And then all of a sudden they had this thing called athleisure where you can take a person from the morning time, mm -hmm. take them through the afternoon, into the evening, into going to parties and stuff in your athletic wear. It was amazing. And then, boom, it just blew up on the scene. And all the youth now only wear, like, jogging-style clothing. Back and then, we called it jogging. Then. Okay, clothes. okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. So, quick question. Yes. What's the difference between fashion back then compared to fashion now? Everything is casual now. Everything is functional now. Um, it's amazing what um, textile companies are doing with textiles now. Everything is breathable. Um, there's a lot of technology in textiles now. It's mm -hmm. amazing stuff happening in textiles. And because of that, because of the growth of textiles and technology, fashion just, you know, follows those trends. It's amazing stuff. Wow. Yeah. You sound real passionate about it, man. I love fashion, man. Yeah. Like back when I was young and didn't have a lot of money, <laughs> all I would do is look at fashion, you know, yeah. and wanting to be that. And um, so I got you would to go through different magazines magazines galore and um for me i knew that i had to make a decision on what i wanted to be in life you know so um my whole focus was well i, I started in financial printing by the way okay because my first college was um uh, uh new york city whoa what is it um new york technical college right right and it was a city college and um we learned about printing and I, my major was graphic arts and advertising. And um, there's this thing called the California job case. You might never have heard of it, but before typewriters were typewriters, the little characters on the edge of the spokes, mm -hmm. that used to be in compartments called the California job case. And typesetters used to literally take each character, fit it on, on, on like either, not bricks, um, like, like boards, mm -hmm. And that's how they used to do printing for newspapers and for magazines. And then eventually at a typewriter. And then they had this thing called on-demand printing. Well, what's on-demand printing? On-demand printing is when you can actually, from your computer, 
send the file to the printer, and then it'll print the file you actually typed on your computer. <gasps> wow. Yeah, so I went through all of those stages of graphic arts and advertising and um, eventually into fashion, and that that's a whole story. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a world of information that, that I have that, inside my a, brain. Man, um, I, I definitely... Because I don't, I don't remember that time. Like, not, right, not, well. not, not saying you're old or anything like that, but I just don't remember that Did time. Did he just date me? No, 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 no. He just dated, no. <laughs> gave my age up. No, it's just because um, right now uh, a lot of people are using softwares, right? Yes. To, to create and to design now. Yes. So for me, um, I think you, you may be able to define uh, fashion completely different than somebody else. So my yes. question is to you, what is fashion to you? How would you define it? Fashion is your individual freedom of expression. How right. do you feel or how do you want to be perceived on that particular day, right? And a lot of the important part of fashion and, you know, they have this thing called dressing appropriately. Your mom is right, like, right, that's right, inappropriate. Right, yeah. right. It's about who do you want to be? What image do you want to convey to the people sure. that are watching you? Because you're telling a story when you step out of, of that. Who you are. Yes. Right. When you step out of that door and you step into the world for that day, you're telling them who you are. You're telling them your interests. Mm -hmm. You're sharing information. You're communicating as you walk. Through, you know? your, through, through your, your design. Clothing. Through your clothing. Absolutely. Through your clothing. That's amazing. I like that statement. I like how you phrased it. Yes. Uh, a lot of people say it's better to have a brand instead of business um, because they think a br they say a brand lasts longer. You working for multiple brand companies. That's so true. How do you create that brand? <sighs> Can we back up a little bit? Sure. Can we talk Absolutely. about branding? Yeah, let's do, about that. Brand let's do that. Let's do that. Now, branding is the promises you make and the promises you keep. Mm -hmm. And every single person on earth is a brand. And you communicate your brand through the things you do, say, actions, blah, blah, blah. So if you keep showing up to work late. That's your brand. If, that's your brand. If you keep doing, you know, uh, getting mad, you know, angry, you're angry all the time. Mm -hmm. That's your brand. And guess what? People believe how you are through your expressions, through the things you do, and sometimes through the things you say. If you can take that concept and then you want to come out with a sneaker brand, right? right? Well, let's say you want to come out with a pair of sneakers that you design. Okay. Bye-bye, salespeople. Y'all almost don't even exist anymore. Who's going door to door? Knock, 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 trying to sell something. No. Mm -hmm. Branding sells it for you. Oh, really? Branding sells it for you. If you notice, customers right now are the new salespeople. Think about it. You're making a decision. It's going directly to that person. Thank you. Mm -hmm. People around you, your friends, those are the new salespeople. When Word you walk outside, I'm going all the way there. When you walk outside and you see this one wearing Nikes, that one's wearing a pair of Nikes. This other one's wearing a Nike sweatsuit. You're looking at them. You see their lifestyle. They're showing off. They might have a gold chain. They might be listening to Drake. I don't know. They are branding Nike. And what that does, it creates trust. You as the person viewing that, mm 
Mm-hmm. You're noticing people you may want to be like. Mm-hmm. You might see a clique you want to get down with. And you're learning, wait a minute, they wear Nike. That's a brand they trust. I should trust Nike too. So now, how are we shopping these days? Are we even going in stores anymore? No. No. You're going on your phone now, right? Absolutely. So you're the salesperson as well as the consumer, and all these salespeople out here that are showing you how to dress, mm-hmm. they're the ones also teaching you the different brands that you should rock. But a, a certain weird thing happened also Okay. in fashion um, in terms of the, uh, the shopper. Um, it was weird because everyone used to be brand loyal. There used to be these terms they throw around. Salespeople doing brand loyal, you know, um, one person wearing all things Nike, another person wearing all things Sean John, so on and so mm-hmm, forth, mm-hmm. Um, because it matched and we were able to sell collections, like full collections. Mm-hmm. The pant with the sweater with the this and the that, right? Yeah. The and full then, product. yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, generations flip every 15 years, right? New generation comes on the scene, and then all of a sudden, they don't want that whole brand loyalty thing. They want to mix Gucci with Levi's. How did, <laughs> for us, that was sacrilegious. How dare you? What, what? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh, so that meant you was broke that day, bought that, and got paid that day and bought that, and right, now right. mixed it together? That's how we used to think. I'm 45 true, true. years old. Yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but for the customers now, their whole thing is about custom-made things all these companies just blew up who where you can you know right. Nike ID oh yeah Nike was smart enough to realize that trend and go forward with that trend and they've made millions and millions mm-hmm. off of those concepts because no everyone wants to be an individual mm-hmm. everyone wants to ever since maybe Nike may have, may have been the first one to say it about I'm a brand and uh, wait um Jay Z had this this phrase. He said something about um. I'm a business. I'm not man. a business. Wait, I'm a. What was it? He said, uh, "I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm a, a businessman." Business yeah. yeah. He was talking about branding people. He understood that once you are branded a certain way, and represent a certain thing, you know they call it jazz hands. You can now sell anything you want that lines up or ties in with this the aesthetic of your brand and that's the power of branding it's amazing when you can go to the supermarket and say yeah i passed the hellman's no one says mayonnaise everyone <laughs> says hellman's <laughs> because they have branded themselves as mayonnaise right. think about the power of that if you can create something put that out and now instead of calling something a book bag everything in their mind if they see a book bag they think it's your name they see your name it's amazing yeah, it it is, it is amazing. Um, and I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it, but there was a point where you said the mixed match where you you have a Gucci person and with the Levi's, right? And I used to and and it's it's bad on me because I used to think of it. Maybe it's not real because you have a Gucci, right? And then you have that's a, the other right, way. So of that's the, and now that thought process is completely gone now. Right, because right. back then you were like, ah, oh, it's probably not real. Because if they really could afford this, they would have have it head to toe. Right. But now you're looking at it like, you know, you mix and match is probably like the thing right now. Totally. And the thing, the thing I noticed with um, Adidas, 
have come back full circle. Yes. And Adidas is probably like the brand right now, especially for sportswear, but you see a lot of artists wearing Adidas and, and branding like, um, what's her name again? Cardi B, she got, has Reebok now, mm-hmm. right? And now they branding, um, I wouldn't say local, but athletic gear. And is that a trend? Well, look, Adidas tapped into the culture. They understood the power of the culture and tapping into the culture because they were, I don't know, well, you know, you can't, you can't say that it was luck. No. Because I believe that everything is predestined, right? Mm -hmm. Adidas blew up really when hip hop was growing up, right? And so what they did was they grew up with a culture that was blowing up and becoming the number one music in the world. I remember country music was the number one music in America. Remember that? I remember that. Then all of a sudden, hip-hop just took over. That's a whole other conversation, the marriage between fashion and music. You know what I mean? There's a beautiful union that happens or that happens when music and fashion came together. Mm And um, when did it happen? It kind of always was there. You know what I mean? Because the people who listen to certain music kind of dress a certain way, but then it's complicated too because Mm -hmm. within a genre, there's different um, variations of that genre as well. You know, so the culture of hip hop is kind of all encompassing because Mm -hmm. it, because in each culture, each culture has their own version of hip hop and how they interpret or reinterpret hip hop right. through their culture. It's amazing. Like me traveling the world um, uh, to different countries, you know, through fashion, mm-hmm. because to kind of get back to what we originally spoke about, that was um, one of the main goals in my life. I mm-hmm. wanted to have the type of job where I didn't have to wear a suit and could travel. Right. Those two things. And um, G3 is going to be real pissed that I'm saying this. Um, I kind of changed the culture of this billion-dollar company called G3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morris Goldfarb, do not kill me. Um, <laughs> but that's where G3 is amazing. They became a multi-billion-dollar company because they do they they have all these licensing deals mm-hmm. with all of these brands that you know and love, you know. And um, you know the list goes on like Kenneth Cole and Sean John. That's where I was hired to be the Sean John Attaway designer. Okay. They fired my boss and put me up because like I made a collection that started really selling well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was that was it. Um, Echo sought me out because um, that's another word of advice, people. I'm going to look into your soul right now. <laughs> word of advice. When you get into an industry, learn that industry and then find your niche mm. in that industry and become a so master true. at it. Because the competitors of the company you learn that particular uh, skill set in are going to be seeking you out. And now you become a master in that particular part of the industry. So learn to study, learn that skill set, become that skill set, and you will make your money in that industry and become very successful. So I became an outerwear designer at Mm. that time. And, you know, was just traveling all around um, to different countries that had manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do our um, our trend research in Paris and London. Um, 
be, truth be told, people, hip hop, we was always scheming on that luxury item. You know, the luxury brands, oh, <laughs> most of us couldn't afford it. But you better believe we were shopping in them stores without paying for nothing. We were just, <laughs> we were window shoppers. You know what I mean? But um, that kind of allowed hip hop, when hip hop artists became more famous, started getting money, mm -hmm. they started shopping at these luxury um, stores mm -hmm. and learning about luxury markets and learning about. Um, luxury product and when it got to a point where they realized I couldn't be a one-trick pony mm -hmm. I couldn't just be an artist but I have to be other things I have to be you know a business person right. you have to diversify and um, even your money as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. make your money work Absolutely. for you right and um, some of them they started their own labels and some of them stayed hood, mm -hmm. some of them stayed real hood, you yeah, know, yeah. G Unit. Yeah. I used to design for um, 50 Cent as well, um, Outerwear as well. Um, but yeah, that's why we have all of these super cool brands now that still have the quality of luxury. Right. Because we learn from these amazing, you know, artisans in the luxury design field. And now our streetwear now can mess with the best of them because we have amazing quality now. So yeah. now we're not just the consumers, we're also the creators, creators as well. Because yeah. you know, as black people, we're creators within by ourselves. Nature. Like, yeah, by, by nature, nature it's yeah. in our DNA. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and Asia did that as well, I noticed. There was a trend. Mm -hmm. um, There's a whole conversation to have about what happened in China and Hong Kong um, and also Korea where America started kind of disrespecting the manufacturers. They were lowballing them crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, it got to a point where they were like, you know what, I'm going to send my kids to fashion school. <gasps> oh, yeah. man. You go to fashion school. You see who's really in those fashion schools. They learn to become fully vertical. Okay. So they not only own the manufacturing factories, they also have the ability to now design, create, and things of that nature. Um, Asian That's people dope. in the fashion industry, they brag about being um, the number one duplicators. Like they could take anything and duplicate it yeah. to perfection and sometimes even better. Mm -hmm. But now they want a little bit of what we have naturally, which is the creative side the of creative as side, well. Yeah. Yeah, so that was an interesting yeah. trend that I saw a change and kind of switch. That's crazy. Up. Yeah. Listen, um, um, I'm I know we went way this. off topic. No, 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 no. That, that I, I, I enjoyed that actually. I really did. Yes. Um, because one, that was a, a lesson that I didn't know about, uh -huh. and you just schooled me on something. Okay. Uh, but also hearing that, I, I just once again, I'm hearing a passion, uh, and so much depth. Mm -hmm. uh, where did that a aspiration comes for design? Did you always want to be a designer? Um, I don't know that I could say that. I knew I knew that I always wanted to look fresh. That was always, you know, my goal. Um, for me, it was about the girl. Mm -hmm. And for most customers, it's about who they want to attract. Whether you're heterosexual, gay, uh, multisexual, I don't know what the names are nowadays. Mm -hmm. Whoever you want to attract, I call it mousetraps. Mm -hmm. Whoever you want to attract, mm -hmm. you put out the mousetrap. What's the best mousetrap? Your appearance. Because whether you speak or not, it doesn't matter. You're communicating right. through your clothing. Right. But that's true. 
But what was the time or the day that you woke up and Dury said, I'm going to be a designer? The day that I woke up and I said, I'm going to be a designer. Wow. No one has ever asked me that question. Um, I believe one day there was this magazine called Spiegel Magazine. And they had amazing goods for the low, low. Okay. (laughs) And um, my mother had to deal with me. Honey, I'll pay half of it if you do this and that. And I was like, well, let's go. And I bought some Nautica shirts. I put on this Nautica shirt. I felt fresh. And I got the numbers. And that was the moment I said, I could do this like as a business. Like in my mind, I started thinking about, wait a minute. Wearing this item kind of changed my, like kind of improved my life. You can change lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can change lives with products that you give the people Mm -hmm. and fashion was a strong way of doing it and i didn't think about the way i'm saying it now i didn't think about it that way Mm -hmm. for me it was more organic like yo i got this hottie right now off my gear and that's when i started thinking well what kind of career do i want where i could dress fresh travel and still make good money um because a lot of people around me was making like thirty thousand a year Mm mm-hmm if you were making 45000 a year, oh, you could get that new Maxima. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was back then, right? Um, for me, I wanted to be in the hundreds of thousands. Right. And I did my research. I found in fashion, you can get to that level um, exponentially. Right. Instead of those super short incremental. Climb. The climb. Like, you got to yeah. raise. How much? Bob said. You're like, yeah. what? Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I wanted to kind of do a quantum leap. To some mm. real money while traveling mm. and looking fresh, and um, when I started learning about fabrics, man, I'm I'm so rusty these days. I used to be able to I could look at your whatever you're wearing, and I could be able to tell the fabric and the content makeup of it, because um, I used to study textiles. Mm. Um, because whenever we used to go to like China, they have this thing called local markets. You go to the local markets to find your fabrics. And they have all the millions of textile companies with all of these super cool new collections yeah. of textiles. And man, I just to just read, 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 and read. And I really got to that level of like expert. Like I could be like, you know, yeah. bragging rights, you know. You can eyeball it. I can eyeball it and mm-hmm. tell you what the content makeup is. And you, if you look at the tag, you'll be like, oh my God, you're amazing. You know, here's some money. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that spoke to the passion that I had for fashion. For fashion man. And man, when Puffy dropped that two million on a fashion show and it was the talk of the town, I wanted that. I saw it and I wanted it and it mm. felt good. And rocking with the moguls, you know, mm. Puffy, um, Russell Simmons, um, even Naughty by Nature, um, Vinny from Naughty by Nature actually sent me to China the longest time. I actually lived in China for three months um, because I was working on his new collection um, called Ladies First. Mm -hmm. It was like a spinoff of Queen Latifah's Ladies First um, uh, album or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, But sitting before these moguls. Now, one thing I believe I was blessed 
in the industry, mm-hmm. I was close but not too close to the moguls. Okay. In my opinion, when you're too close to the moguls, mm-hmm. you get burned. How? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I'm lying. <laughs> I want to talk about it. I'm going to tell you about it. No. Um, uh, I believe in truth, bro. I believe in truth. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you get too close to a star, you get burned because their illumination is just brilliant. And sometimes... Oh, you get overshadowed. Sometimes there could be a bit of jealousy. Sometimes there could be um bumping heads ah. you know um these people are very successful because they are trailblazers right mm-hmm. um they're entrepreneurs they're moguls what makes you a mogul you're winning in different categories right at the same time true and sometimes when you get too close you being aggressive will be accepted to a point and then you'll find yourself out because you got too close. You know, sometimes it's good to keep your distance and learn. Um, sit at their feet, learn their moves, mm-hmm. um, absorb it, and then reinterpret that through your decisions in life. Like you start your company, you start your brand, and then you you glean from these people and then use that to fuel whatever you're planning to do. What in you life. got going yeah. on. Don't be sweating people. Yeah. It's not about sweating. You can admire someone, but never get to a point where you make them your God. They're there for a reason. Learn from these people. Mm-hmm. Learn what to do and learn what, what not, not to, to do. do. Correct. Because getting back to branding, you can create something amazing. And then because you're controlling the narrative, you're controlling the narrative right. by staying true to your brand and you know what you guys represent as a brand. But make the mistake and do something to transgress against your brand and the people will take control of that narrative. And that's the last thing you want. Yeah. You don't want people to talk about, yeah, it's cool, but yeah. now you're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars trying to patch up all of these little holes that just popped out. Cause mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of people fall down oh, yeah, off the ladder of yeah, success. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn what to do and what not to do from people around you. Don't make them your gods. But walk in your purpose, people. Find out what that thing is that you should be doing in this world mm-hmm. and go after it and learn the trade and don't be lazy and go hard. Absolutely. Got to go hard, man. Speaking of moguls, man, because that was deep. I really, because there's a lot we could talk about. So much. so much we could talk about. Yes. And you have a fashion show. Yes. You have uh, like a charity fundraiser. Yes. You have. Just became a nonprofit July 22nd. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. I'm (laughs) I'm happy, bro. Always wanted to do it. Yes. You have also a uh, sports and health type of company. Yes. My thing, man, you're busy. How do you keep track? First of all, I don't want anyone out there to think I'm scatterbrained. I'm not. All my moves are very pointed moves, mm-hmm. very strategic. Um, I'm 45 years old, and I've been through a lot of craziness. And I had to clean my slate. 
I had to get rid of people in my life who I just recently found out that someone that I was working with, mm -hmm. super close with boys, was jealous of me because when we got in this argument about a particular thing, you know, business wise, it came out that, oh, you're not smarter than me. When people start talking about you're not smarter than me, I'm intelligent too. Like, I was like, where's this coming from? It was crazy. Right. And I just got to a point in my life where I had to get rid of all the people around me and then just look at the people around me and then make a decision on who was valuable enough to be a part of my circle. Mm. And when you're a branding mm. person like mm. I am, it gives me the ability to sit around those round table meetings when people are building their brand. So right. because of that, I've gotten into a lot of different types of deals in a lot of different um, industries because I was in branding. And so I'm sitting around a table full of doctors. I'm sitting around a table full of scientists, of designers, mm -hmm. of, you know, the list goes on and on. Clergy, you know. Um, so through these different deals, right. I realized I had a passion for people. And I've always been a church person. My father's a bishop. And um, I call him the missionary bishop because that's what he does for like, what, 30 years. He's been traveling the world and um, he sets up prayer days mm -hmm. in various countries. And um, we started traveling as the singers of the church. And um, we started a concert series called Prayer Jam, which we do annually um, in Antigua. And it just started growing exponentially. It was crazy bro and um you know with my heart for missions work i wanted to do something locally and um originally i was bought in as a brander in this company called hoops for health okay. um shout out to roderick um he's the one who gave me the health and sports bug okay so true roderick um, yeah guy. Rod roderick yeah. yeah roderick hutchison yeah I wanted to do something that was kind of all-encompassing different sports. So I created Health Jocks. Health Jocks was an idea I had a bunch of years back um, when the Jordan brand flew me to Portland, Oregon. And I was on the Nike campus. You want to talk about a spiritual moment, bro? That Nike campus is everything. Was that too loud? <laughs> They had Olympic size everything. Really? At the Nike camp. They even had a place, I think two places for you to actually put your kids so you can go and frolic through the amazing water sports and things that they have out there. It was crazy. Wow. And um the reason why I didn't um join the Jordan team was mm -hmm. because you had to relocate and live there. And I was not trying to do that. Right. So um yeah, but I learned about health and sports through that journey. And I started Health Jocks, J-O-X, um, because I realized there was a need for healthy information to be shared to the community. Mm -hmm. And in 2008, uh, sorry, in 2018, I launched Health Jocks. And 
the Brooklyn Bar president got down with me. I was doing everything Brooklyn. I was all things Brooklyn. My Brooklyn head, shout out to you guys. Um, because I wanted to focus on this market and build it to a point of success. So the Brooklyn Borough President, Eric Adams, uh, got down with me and I teamed up with the PSAL High School Basketball Commissioner. Mm -hmm. Special shout out to Coach Ted Gustis. Um, he brought in his resources and we officially launched in 2018. Also shout out to Joe Packer. Um, we used his relationships out in Coney Island because that's where we did the launch. Mm -hmm. um, we received a citation from the Brooklyn Borough President. And we did it with the Borough President two years. And this was supposed to be our third year. We were having meetings with, um, you know, Brooklyn Borough Hall. And they found out I was, I was not a nonprofit. They said, bro, how are you doing all this work? You're not a nonprofit right. and you're pulling in all, all these like, resources this money and, money, and resources right. and stuff like that. And, and the events were all free. And they were like, we're confused. What's going on here? And I was like, well, you know, part, you know, a large part of it is the passion and obviously the need for the community to, you know, have a healthy day of sports and healthy eating and, like I was bringing in companies like um, uh, Essential Water. Um, I had a bunch of like and I'm um, sorry. Um, uh, Game Over was a basketball brand. Mm -hmm. um, the Brooklyn Nets came in. Um, just like a slew of, of official companies. I did a deal with the United States Tennis Association. They gave us a crap load of um, tennis balls and rackets mm -hmm. um, for the young people. Um, and it was just all pure passion. And they were like, you got to become a nonprofit, bro. The very next day, I, I put signed the paperwork up, in. put the paperwork in, mm -hmm. cost me about a G, but <laughs> um, put in for my nonprofit, became a nonprofit July 22nd, and put in for my 501c3, which is actually different to just Correct. being a nonprofit, mm -hmm. put in for that as well. So I'm waiting to hear back, but I'm officially a nonprofit right now. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I received that yeah. for sure. Um, I, I love the silent hand claps happening around me. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> See, from my peripherals. Um, because the nonprofit is important to me because of what I'm planning. Okay. I did research and found out that the YMCA is not an American-based company. What? Wow. Why? Yeah. Don't sing it. Uh. Okay. They are a European-based company in the United States that came to the United States Operated. and created. Oh, you know about it? Yeah, yeah. multi-billion-dollar yeah. company. Yeah. You know about yeah. it? The the thing is, um, I'll, when we did our because um, we got a I got a friend Dylan Wright. Shout out to Dylan Wright. Shout out. Yeah, um, he used to work at the YMCA for a short brief of time, and uh. and he got he shared all that information with really? me. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's well, I don't want to use the word secret because the information is there. Right. But they, people don't talk about it. No, they don't. No. Because they don't know. Yeah. They just That's don't true. know. That's true. And yeah. so just, just a little information for, for your viewers. Um, I'm working on a deal with a health company, a fitness company. Um, they're moving to Finland and they're building a health and sports facility out there. Um, I've always wanted to get into architecture mm -hmm. and um, this is my opportunity, bro. We are building this facility in Finland. Um, shout out to Jonathan and Devon. What up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> 
that was a secret joke. Okay, so <laughs> so we're actually designing it now, and everything's state of the art. Um, we're not even doing touch screens; we're doing motion screens. Um, wow. I have an amazing company that that um, I was connected to a couple of years ago. These guys do um, holograms. Oh wow! So, and um, oh, I did a deal with Marvel one time um, uh, through Oni Wilson. What's up, oh? And um, they, the Avengers movie, they did a deal officially with the Discovery Museum. And um, we were hired to uh, design the product for the store mm -hmm. for the Avengers. And um, they actually built out kind of like a, a room of attractions um, where they built out the Avengers laboratory and all this crazy stuff. So from all these ideas that I got from that as well, I'm using that and implementing okay. oh, it into... That facility. That's and amazing. I'm, that's dope. But, but let me tell you how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. People learn this. I'm paying forward and breathing life into mm -hmm. these two people's vision for what they want to do on this earth. And through that experience, I'm going to take that and build out my health jocks facility out here in Brooklyn. It's dope. I have two locations in mind. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you guys <laughs> eating up the real estate and I don't have nothing. Uh, but I'm going to create my own Helljocks facility out here and build it out and become the new version of YMCA, but be American-based YMCA. Um, Congratulations, man. Thank you. I, I, a lot of claps in the room. Please, yeah, silent claps. Silent claps. Thank yeah, you, people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have a love for America. I yeah. do. Um I have a love for Brooklyn, but I have a love for America because throughout all through, through the history of America, mm -hmm. what I learned about America and how jacked up it is, especially for people of color, but I understood what they wanted to do for themselves, the people who are the founding the fathers pioneers. of America. Mm -hmm. I understood what you guys were doing and... Black people saying, well, we want the same thing for ourselves, too. So this is our, um, this era is so special, bro. Oh, this season by is. Far. By far. I think chilling. this, this uh, it, I, I, I don't like 2020. Let's get that straight. Right? <laughs> There's so many things I don't like. But I think this was a blessing in disguise for so many reasons. Me included. Because so many things had to happen. And a lot of people were saying it was a perfect storm. Yes. Because so many things develop because of 2020. Yes. And I think this is this is the starting point to a turning point. Yes. To get us to where we need to go to. Yeah. What you said is so profound because that's exactly what's happening in a lot of individuals lives. Absolutely. Bro. It's not just on a large governmental scale. Um, within the past few months, I've been on a quest, um, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole on this one because this rabbit hole goes deep. Mm. Um, a lot of it has to do with the governmental powers, the shadow government that really controls America. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about deep people, but I'm not going to do that to you guys today. <laughs> um, we'll stay on, on topic. But just know that my love and passion for America is there. And it's the reason why I launched Health Jocks and now became Health Jocks Foundation July 22nd. I'm building my board of directors right now. 
Um, I have an executive from Bank of America. I have the um, president of the Lat- the Democratic Latin Democratic Caucus, mm-hmm. um, who are on board, and I'm building an all-star team because we have a lot of work to do in the community. People, so much work, and we all have to get healthy. Um, not just healthy bodies, though. Mine. Health. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Healthy minds. Mm-hmm. People, listen. When this pandemic hit in March, well, really hit in March for us, right? For us, yeah, because it's been trending. It's been trending. It's been trending. <laughs> I used to be in China, not to go off topic, but I used to wonder, trending. why are these people always wearing masks yeah. on mm-hmm. their face? Mm-hmm. For, year, for decades, they knew something we didn't know, bro. Yeah, it's preparation. Everything comes in, in due time, but everything, you can see the signs leading up to yes. it. Yes. And then you can see when it did hit, um, people were aware. Yes. But by the time it hit us, that's when the panic button just rushed. But we weren't prepared for it. And we were all individually dealing with our respective issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, some people had marital issues. Some people had Well, we all had domestic job issues. issues. We all yeah. had domestic issues. Yes. Yeah. And when you have the government telling you, sorry, guys, but you have to spend 20-something hours with the person you decided to marry. <laughs> <laughs> what? So now you're I'm in the done. house. I'm done. <laughs> you're in, you're in the house. Yeah. You're stuck with your wife. I gotta get a drink you're there with this. the kids. <laughs> I gotta get a drink. <laughs> you need a drink on that one. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get into it. Um, but the sober thought is mental health. One thousand. Because a funny thing happened to me. Yes, uh, last year. Last year, I met this interesting character, Phil Harris, uh, fashion designer, amazing, jewelry artisan, amazing, handcrafted product, and he's been struggling with mental health issues all of his life. Like he was bullied. Um, he 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 was gay when he was a boy, but didn't know he was gay, and then. But dudes in the hood always know. Yeah. So they back then he's he's what in his sixties now or whatever. So back then, can you imagine being queer yeah. or whatever they're yeah. calling it these yeah. days? Yeah. So he it's was the, getting beat up, the, all um, these crazy things. He's being traumatized. And that up, trauma right. tra- traumatized him. And there are these things that I learned called triggers. Can you imagine having mental health issues? And then you're not allowed to walk to the store. You're stuck. And now for people like him, you know, you live alone. Now you're home alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these triggers are all around you. And I officially met him last year. And as soon as we met, two weeks later, we were producing um, his portion of fashion shows. And we had a whole talk about surrounding each show that we did surrounding it and um, having the focus on mental health. So I created a hashtag called Mental Health Initiative because that was the moment I found my purpose in life. My purpose in life until I die is to promote um, knowledge of mental health and identify these issues because I, okay, so let me back up a little bit. This year, before you back up, I just want to say that's amazing. Yes, but go ahead. Yes, um, this year. Okay, so to finish the Phil Harris story, we did five fashion shows. 
in like a four month period. It was crazy. And um, all surrounding mental health awareness. And for me, uh, when the pandemic hit and I had my big health festival that we were going to do bigger and better. You know, how you, <laughs> you got some, we going to do it bigger this year. You know, like that. We were really going to do it bigger this year. Yeah. Um, I booked a trailer truck company that was going to drive all the way down from out of state, build out a whole hydraulic stage and have like official celebrities on that stage that's so, that's singing dope. and rapping for the betterment of mental health in the community. Um, all for free still. Um, I did the deal with Brooklyn Borough Park and we were going to do a two day at Brooklyn, sorry, Brooklyn Bridge Park. We were going to do a two day event um, in August. Mm -hmm. Pandemic hits. Arnold Schwarzenegger, his whole health event got shut down and he spent millions on his event. And I said, oh, the whale got shut down? Well, this little fish is, you know, it's not yeah. going to happen. So I put my head together with Coach Ted Gustis and we came up with the plan to do a virtual health festival. Mm -hmm. And we pulled in some teachers who had some virtual classes, as parents would know. Um, and we created a day, like a school trip, right. a virtual school trip for the kids to get active and healthy and learn tips on exercising and, you know, tips on new sports tips on existing sports. We have a new sport called Aerodart. It's like badminton, but you use your hand instead of a right. racket. Um, we have a new three-on-three -on -three mm, game called Trey 21, mm. um, created by Eric Hicks, the owner of uh, Game Over Entertainment. And so we did this, I think it was a 12-hour <laughs> virtual festival. It was crazy. Shout out to Naomi yeah, Stewart. That amazing, right? She came in and um, managed all the production for us. Um, and uh, yeah, and we shot it at the Brooklyn Sty Dome. It was amazing. Mm. We had crazy technical problems, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a, it was it was a growing pain and a learning curve. Right. And but we did it. And from six to seven thirty, the Brooklyn Bar President shot two commercials for me, mm -hmm. um, for Health Jocks, and we had an hour and a half of a virtual panel to discuss the issues of mental health. And I had Phil Harris, the designer mm -hmm. I just told you about, come on and speak his truth. And I had Bishop um, Lester Bradford, my father, mm -hmm. um, uh, the one who conducted everything, um, Dr. Faith Brown. Um, she emceed the whole um, town hall meeting, we called it a virtual town hall meeting. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we had Nefa Kara who spoke about um, more of like the spiritual systems mm. that are set up in America that also kind of creates mental health issues and anxieties yeah. in your yeah. mind. It's yeah. amazing the connection, bro. Um, I had my, I had um, um, Joseph Watson who spoke about mentorship, um, understanding the power of mentors in your life oh, that's and the very reason why important. you need mentors in your life. Um, that also helps you with your mental stability. Uh, we also had Nigel Calden uh, speaking on financial literacy and the importance of understanding finances. What's your greatest issue in your relationship? Right. 
It's either you're cheating or, or your, your money finances. ain't right. Your finances always Get your money one. right, yeah. people. So real. And that creates mental health issues, believe it or not. Um, you know, so the virtual town hall meeting was very successful. I had people calling in, um, you know, telling me how they learned some things mm-hmm. uh, during that session. And for me, it was about proof of concept because we filmed something and packaged it. And to your point, the pandemic, even though it was a really bad year, right. for me, I grew so much this year. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, it's amazing from what I did what this I- year. Isolation can do. Now great you, point. Right, because now you're with your thoughts and you can really concentrate. Wait, I love what you just said. Mm-hmm. Now you're with your thoughts. Sometimes... Mm-hmm. We either talking too much or doing too much Facts. to sit down and just stay still. Stay still. Are you in my head? Yes. No, you're in my head. <laughs> no, because you're saying everything I want to say. I'm like, yes, stay still. It's so true, though. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to know when God is speaking to you if you're not just stand still and let the man speak to you and tell you about things you should be doing, Correct. things you should be focused on? Correct. Um, I remember, you know, just every day going to an after party or an event somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, one thing you have to understand about a, about New York people, New York is amazing. And the reason why they call it the city that never sleeps is because we have all these weeks. Fashion week. Weeks, yes. Technology week. You speak know where I'm going it, with this. Speak on it, man. And the more people I met, was the more events I was invited, invited to, to and yeah. then boom, my days are just filled with all of mm. these events. It was crazy. crazy yeah. And I just needed to sit still, bro. Get rid of the dis- distractions. Yeah. And plan my future, mm-hmm. but understand, and I'm going to speak to your soul for a second. Understand when you're planning your future, you're planning other people's future too because Ooh. what you're doing affects people Speak around you it. and people you may never meet. Mm-hmm. But that's the sacrifice of a leader. Wow. That's yes. the sacrifice of a leader. Someone that knows True. that, listen, I may have to sacrifice to get my whole team where they need to be. That's so, so true. I need to be focused and I need to work on certain things on my development yes. to get them up to speed or ahead yeah when you're a leader it's a little tricky because you have to be disciplined within yourself yes and look disciplined to your team for your team to even trust to want to be under you and to go forward as you lead them forward bro the responsibility is crazy. crazy yeah they have to see the passion they have to see your leadership ability and they have to also know that you're the type of leader who's inclusive you want to invite their information their viewpoints things of that nature and that's why i think i I like what you're doing because you have a servant leadership Mm. you're you're there to help everyone uh from the mental health issue from the the fashion right because you're still mentoring because yes. we, we know a mutual friend that you mentored over the years yes so that servant leadership skill set that you possess and then you you apply it mm-hmm. uh daily 
Yes. I think that says a lot about who you are. Mm. You know? Yes. But go ahead, continue. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I mean, um, all of your interruptions are <laughs> well-received. Okay? Um, because I like interviews like this. Because sometimes you don't even know what you know until you start a topic or until someone asks you a question. Mm. Then all of a sudden, all the wealth, this wealth of knowledge just comes flowing out of you. It's right. amazing. Try yeah. that at home, people. <laughs> Have a random conversation. Yeah. You'll see how much you know no, about yeah. Reynolds rap. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's amazing. You, you, you know when I know it's amazing? Because I was having a, a conversation last night with my team. Uh-huh. And we were talking about structure versus passion. And I said that I would prefer passion over structure. Because mm. then passion, yes. the person's really going to give you they all. Whether yes. they're angry, whether they're happy, whether they're crying. Whatever it is, they're going to give you their real authentic self. So true. And that and that's what the thing is we try to look for is that authentic authenticity to present your organic self yes you know and and with that you can never fail because right or wrong that's how you feel true and if if you're like me you want people with passion because i like to feel i'm pretty good at guiding Mm -hmm. so if i can have your passion and i just direct it in the right Right way bro we're gonna all be successful true because we're all going in the same direction mm-hmm. and we are people of like-mindedness. Um, True. Warren Buffett said, uh, if you have a handful of people uh, with different skill sets, you're always going to be successful. Right? Yeah, that because makes sense. You, if you trust your team and they all have different skill sets and you guys are like-minded, you're going to win. Yeah. It's, a, it's only a matter of time. You're going to yes. win. Yes. I fully agree. And, um, you know, speaking of winning, um, I really like what you have going on here. I think you and I could do some business together. <laughs> I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I really Because do. my direction, I'm going into the production uh, industry because content and production go hand in hand. Absolutely. And you need these 4K cameras <laughs> in order to even sit at the table with a Netflix. And I know, I know people at Netflix, we had that conversation earlier. They're not doing anything less than 4K. Mm-hmm. And soon quality. 4K just might be outdated. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're up to 8K, mm-hmm. like as we was talking. But, um, you know, for me, it's about the future and making sure that everything that I know I'm supposed to be doing, and this all ties into walking in your purpose. I'm making sure that I do it before I die, because can you imagine how many dead people in the ground were supposed Mm. to do certain Mm. things and never lived Mm. up to their potential, never walked on the path mm. of their potential because they got mad and shot this dude. Now he's dead. Now they're in jail. We have to wake up and start seeing ourselves as people on this earth who can affect change. You're not going to school just to pass your classes, people. 
you're going to school to learn a skill set, whether it's math or English or history or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're you're working your skills as a human being, learning how to take in information, process that information, and reinterpreting that through whatever industry you decide to be in and whatever industry you decide to be in, Mm -hmm. it changes lives. It touches lives on different levels. I'm wearing someone's dream right now. This is Illionaire Society. My younger brother, who I bought on as an intern when I was designer for G-Unit and Fat Farm and Steve Madden, I dragged him right through those companies with me as my intern so he can learn and understand what the fashion industry is. Mm-hmm. And he created, he he paired up with his boy. His name oh, is Michael Brad, Bradford, right? <laughs> he paired up with his boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, Jamal, we call him uh, uh, Mystery. And they started a company called Alienaire Society. Mm, right? Like that. And they have all these super cool characters. Shameless plug. <laughs> and... Um, so now I work for my brother every now and then when he wants to do a new collection. And we have a super new collection, like a collegiate collection coming out underneath the Illionaire umbrella where there's a lot of like um, collegiate uh, designs and layouts and stuff like that. So it's going to be amazing, people. You should check them out. IllionaireSociety.com. That's dope, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, walk in your purpose my focus is mental health. And so everything I do now is grounded in the concept of mental health awareness. It's beginning, it's about beginning the conversation about mental health. And I knew this was a God driven thing for me because a few months ago, um, one of my ex girlfriend's brother shot up his wife and shot himself in the head, killed him. Self and um, within a short period of time, all of these acts of violence happened, mm-hmm. which kind of pushed me to know. It was like an a, an awakening epiphany. for myself, right. an epiphany, an illumination for myself in the moment. And I said, "That's it. Finally, I know I wanted to do fashion and all these things, but now I have a real purpose for doing fashion." for doing health and sports, for being a missionary. Right. Um, and if you don't have that connection with people, mm-hmm. you're just not going to... Yeah, you're not going to get uh, it. Yeah. You're just going to work a nine to five and just get that money. But I'm not into castle building. I'm into kingdom building. Mm. Right? Mm. It's about the Deep. people. You have your talent. You get real good at it. And then you give it to the people. What's a better give back than that? True. Right? And that's how Lorenzo got it. Mm-hmm. I met him at age 15. Now he has a club, right? Yeah, he owns Beacon, his own club. And, um, the Beacon. The Beacon in Alabama. And, yes. And, uh, it's like a social club. Social club, yes. Yeah. But um, Lorenzo, don't be mad. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divulge some information. We're going to collaborate and do a health jocks where he lives now in mm-hmm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a health jocks next year out there. And um, it's going to be amazing because you want to talk about passion, Lorenzo. Yeah. That man yeah. has passion. He has passion. It's amazing. Passion. 
Sick. I really want to, um, if you can provide or share with us uh, information where they can reach, because this mental health thing is important. Yes. Right? And we really want to have somewhere we can, somebody can reach out to you, can, um, however, what's the process as far as reaching out to getting help or whatever the case may be? Yes. Um, I have a website. It's called healthjocks.com. Okay. H-E-A-L-T-H-J-O-X.com. Um, everything lives on that site mm-hmm. pertaining to ha- my health and sports ventures as well as the nonprofit, which is the Health Jocks Foundation. Uh, ASCII.com is my company site. That's the parent company. A-S-Q-U-I.com. <laughs> Put that in and you will find me and you will see all of the different things that I've been doing. Um, we do everything from art exhibits. Mm-hmm. Um, like every January, January, I partner with IHOM. Uh, I'm not Haitian, but um, we do this art gallery and events to raise money for Haiti. Um, and okay. now I'm in the process of because, oh, I'm coming out with some book bags, but these are solar power book bags. You can power your phone. You can power your life <laughs> with these book bags. Um, I have a really great partner um, based in China. And I just finished designing the two bags. Just sent it overseas. Just got the prototype back. Just made some changes. Sent it back overseas. So we should have it within the next few weeks. But guess what? That opens me up to a discussion about solar panels. Mm-hmm. So I called up Dr. Henry uh, that's my Haitian connect. I said, and and we're, we're being, so my father's a missionary bishop and we're going to be gifted some land in Haiti. Mm-hmm. We already, I, I already traveled to Haiti. We met with the dignitaries. We surveyed the land. It's amazing. And I have a plan to create a solar farm out there in Haiti. And then once we Big. do that the way we want it and mm-hmm. we feel good about it, we're going to do the same thing in Antigua. That's where my family's from. Um, create a solar panel. Because when you go to like third world countries, they claim they're third world countries. When you go to these countries, they have this thing called brownouts. Like when I lived in China, I was in southern China. Mm-hmm. So I was in Panyu and Joshan and Dagan, um, southern China, where they had all these amazing factories. They had this thing called brownouts. And it's because they have, you know, they're trying to conserve their energy mm-hmm. or whatever. But from what I'm understanding and learning about solar panels, uh, not only will you be able to power your house, but you can also become a um, a vendor for Con Edison oh, as wow. well, where they use your solar power mm-hmm. and redistribute that solar power to various clients of theirs, customers of theirs. So. Um, it's a whole new field I'm getting into, mm-hmm. but the reason why in the beginning I said don't think I'm scatterbrained because everything that I'm doing has a purpose. It's in line. And it's still in line. Mm-hmm. It's in line with my purpose on this mm-hmm. earth. And I'm going to do it before I die um, because my whole mm-hmm. focus is making sure that my purpose is realized on this earth before we die. Because I was watching this not a movie, it was more of a documentary about what happens to the earth after we use up the earth, all its natural resources. resources. Mm -hmm. 
human beings are gonna have to now mm-hmm. relocate. True. Well, shout out for my wife for this wine. This wine's pretty good. But is go it? Oh my god. Let me try it. <laughs> but go ahead with the. <laughs> you know what that simply meant? She gave you a crazy look. She looked at you. She looked at the wine. She looked at you know. <laughs> shout out to my wife for the wine. That was hilarious, people. Um, yeah, but um, it made me think of how, how fragile our lives are. Yeah. If you fall, can't get up, but then your face falls into a puddle of water, mm-hmm. half an inch in height, you're dead, bro, because you can't breathe. Right. And that's why that message about I can't breathe. So powerful. Was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Because every human being could relate to it because we need, obviously, our breath to survive. And, you know, I, I just I just started really thinking about how important it is for you to, to use every moment of your life mm-hmm. to advance yourself, to learn a little bit more. But don't just learn and consume. You have to consume the information, process it, and now teach people. 33% of your time you should spend with people you mentor. 33% of your time you should spend with your colleagues mm-hmm. sharing information. The last 33% you should spare, you should spend with uh, sitting at the feet of people who can impart wisdom in your life. Mm-hmm. That's a human being who's living a full life. Mm-hmm. That's so important because that's part of evolution. It's, it's our thank you. Mm-hmm. It's our ecosystem, people. Mm-hmm. It's what continues life. Continue the, the movement you, and growth. Yes, if you think about the reality of if certain people die on this earth, mm-hmm. a lot of things go away. True, and that's why it's important to really um, develop the youth because it's a continuation. Like if I have a seed that's young, and I want them to live a better world, I have to train the person in between so it's a constant cycle of development so i mentor somebody in between that's going to eventually mentor and make the better place for somebody that's an infant that's growing up right Right. now or a toddler whatever the case may be so it's a continuous development of a circle of life if we pass it down and pay it forward yes but if you don't do that you cut in the thread that keeps everybody from fully developing yes um, but this was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed every bit of it. Every mm. bit of it. Um, I'm, we're about to close it out. But before we close it out, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, now, you, the person you are now, yes, with all this knowledge and, and experience, um, grew into this person. Yes. Now, if somebody was coming up, or let's say even better, what advice would you get to your younger self? Mm. Right? Because the, the people that's listening probably like are on their journey or midway in their journey. Uh, instead of giving them the, the advice, which you could, you basically shared a lot of things when you shared into their soul. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what advice would you give your younger self mm. coming up? The advice that I would give to my younger self it's truly watch the people who are around you. Um, the truth is, 
certain people who were bad for me at the time I learned a lot from. So you can't just discard people right away. You kind of have to see, why is this person in my life? Should I be learning a certain thing first and then discard? Because you have to see yourself as the star player. This is a movie. You're the star in it. And you have to treat yourself as such. So I would tell my younger self, that person right there, you should have cut off two years earlier. <laughs> that person there, you should have kept around a little bit longer. Uh, um, yeah. that was That's more of what I really want to say about that because people judge you by the people who are around you. And the people around you are kind of like a determinant factor of how high you're going to go in life. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. And you should really surround yourself with people who, they don't have to be in fashion just like you, mm -hmm. but people who are aggressively going after whatever that thing is that they believe they should be achieving on this earth. If you can roll with people who are go-getters, how amazing will your life mm -hmm. become? At, at, I'm at 45 what, right now. At what pace? And pace is super important, mm -hmm. bro. I've been with people who slowed me down on purpose. You know how people project their fears on you? Mm -hmm. That's a real thing. And if you're a softy, if you're a sucker, and you allow people to control your pace just because they feel uncomfortable about how fast you're going, those people are going to destroy you. And guess who's going to live on to live out the rest of their lives? Them. You done slowed down, missed all your windows of opportunity, and now they done got married. <laughs> they blew up in their job. They're making six figures now because they were going at their certain pace. Mm -hmm. okay. Learn your pace. Stay on topic. Stay on trend. And Go on that path of your destiny. And I'm telling you now, and I've been saying this for years, you need to find what your purpose is on this earth. Because I'm under the belief that if you don't have purpose, you don't have life. True. But one thing you touched base on was the, the old adage, which is uh, people are in your life for a season. Season, yes. Right? And you have to recognize, okay, uh, I've learned my lesson with this person. Right. Now it's time, now it's time, to, time move to move on. on, right? And some people haven't learned a lesson, so they're constantly going into this this cycle of uh, re things repeating. Yes. It's like being on a treadmill, right? You're yes. running in the same circle, not, not going nowhere, really. You're just in one place. Worse, running that tr treadmill. a hamster wheel. Oh, a hamster wheel, <laughs> even, even that better analogy. But I think that um, when people understand the concept of, yeah, people are in your life for a reason, but it's also a season. Yes. You know, and true. everything has a start and everything has an end. Yes. Right. So a lot of people stay and this is this is no pun to anybody, but a lot of people stay in a position or a job. I understand when you pass a certain age because you're like, all right, you get nervous. I, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm, I pass a certain threshold. Yes. But when you're when you're at a good age and you're still stuck in something that you don't want to be there then that's more on you. We had an um, interview with um, Mevi Rem, and she said something that was very valuable. She said, you know, 
if you have that skill set, you can always go back to that position. True. Right? Because you got that skill set. Right. So why not take a chance on something else? Yes. So.